When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Root Insurance puts you in control. Root is a new type of car insurance that uses the sensors in your smartphone to look deeper than other insurers. Here's how it works. Download the Root app, hit the road, and we'll take care of the rest. The app measures your driving behavior, like turning and braking, and gives you a custom rate based primarily on your driving. The better you drive, the better your rate, meaning good drivers could save hundreds. Visit joinroot.com today to get started. Disclaimers may apply. See joinroot.com for details. Logan and I meet on Tinder first. And, you know, we were talking about books and shit because... Logan and I. I'm like, oh, word. That's what you're reading? Bet. You know. Well, Jeff had a profile. Um, I don't know if this is a thing for straight people, but, like, <laughs> uh, Jeff had a profile where he had all the different flags representing the different languages that he spoke. Of course he So, did. And then he also had, in his Tinder pictures, he had this photo of him, uh, like, wearing a suit, stand- <laughs> standing at a lectern. Eerie. And I was like, this guy looks kind of arrogant but like in a hot way <laughs> so i'm gonna <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna look into this yeah now check it out now look the apple don't fall far from trees right i'm in the land of milk and honey with the bees like and if i'm ripping it what i'm so with my seeds like now check it out Hey y'all. Hey, I'm Mikey. And I'm Randy. Oh, and this is my intro. Mikey. And this is the Black Millennial Marriage Podcast, where we give you an uncensored look into all we're learning, unlearning, and loving about marriage in real time. Welcome all. We're thankful you tuned in. Yeah, we're still doing this podcast thing. We're still recording. Right. Randy's still with me. We're going to keep this thing going. So continuing with Let the- me celebrate the small Oh, was your lead. Go ahead. So continuing with the theme of plot <laughs> twist. We're interviewing another married couple for this episode, and they are some of our favorite people in the world. In the whole wide world. Yes. Um, they have gotten us through... And sat with us. <laughs> through mad shit. During really great times. I was going to dive into like a deep dive of situations, but that, That's would, not the that would require the episode time. Jesus I know. Christ. But yeah, no, we're going we're gonna to interview some people that we really, really love, so we're really excited to get into that. Um, in our first segment, we're going to chat with Jeff Martin. Yeah. And Logan Lochner. Ooh. Um, about the ways that they have had to be brave in marriage. Damn. That's deep. Because that's all married, being married is. That's all it should be. But, you know, <laughs> we're not, we not judging y'all. Finally, we'll wrap it up with the PDA segment where we show each other some love and or thank each other for something. Yes. As y'all know, on episodes where we do full-blown interviews with people. We do not have we a fight or flight. We will not have a fight or flight because I don't want to fight with my wife. I want to love on my wife. Mm. And so we end with joy. And we hope you enjoy. And we're back. We are back. So. Main topic. So the main topic is a brave marriage. Mm -hmm. So we have been planning this interview since we launched the podcast in 2018. Yeah, they were going to be our first guest. I think we talked yeah. about when we we started talking about the concept of interviews. We were we, like, oh, no, we're going to get the asses on here immediately. But we couldn't figure out a topic and we couldn't settle on a time because everybody has is busy. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, pandemic. 
Right. So once we decided we, that we were officially going to have Jeff and Logan on, we knew we had to talk to them about bravery. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we've been having conversations about what the last two years have been like for us. They've been really difficult. Yeah. And we realized that before the last two years, like in these last two years, we've been moving in fear. So that means like every decision we've ever made. It's fear based. Has, um, it yeah. is a it is a fight or flight response to like trauma. Life basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is no way to live. Randy and I had an even deeper conversation about this last night. Yeah. Um, which sucked because we are finally like baby free for the weekend. Another weekend. Y'all. And a young nigga wasn't trying to be in his emotion. You know, but, I was trying to be in, in pants, but you know, we start talking like we do. And because of that, it becomes a deep conversation. Like it always is. Right. And yeah. So we got into this concept of what it means to be brave in your marriage. And so that got us thinking we wanted to center this episode about the ways love. And in this instance, love and marriage forces us or asks us to be brave. And so Jeff and Logan, have had to do this on so many levels. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Because we know brave people, but these niggas... All right. So... Like, the, <laughs> the specific bravery that they show given their entire life setup. Yeah. Um, what we know uh, about Jeff, because Jeff has been our friend for over Ever. 15 years, if I did math correctly in my head. I think you're no, just guessing. 20 I think you're just guessing. No, it was almost 20. Yeah, I, I met Jeff when I was 10. 11, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, it's been... I was nine. Really? I was I like you, man. nine uh yeah so so yeah no they these are some brave individuals just because of how their life is set up so them stepping into marriage is just also interesting it adds another level and i want to talk about that yeah yeah there's nobody else that we could think of that would actually bring depth honesty and some humor to this very deep conversation Mm -hmm. so first jeff and logan please introduce yourselves jeff you want paper scissors rock you go first hi everyone my name is jeffrey martin um I'm going to work on my ums on this interview. <laughs> I had the wonderful privilege of being one of Drew's godparents, Ooh. this guy. And my life outside of that, I am an emerging artist. I do a lot of writing and music and film. But I'm really trying to understand how to use those things to, I don't know, make a better world. Let's just say that. You know, fuck some shit up, destroy the patriarchy, all those good things. In my daytime work, I am a product manager and I advise a lot of companies and organizations here locally in Atlanta. Hi, I'm I'm Logan uh, Lochner, Jeff's husband. I met Randy and Mikey through through Jeff and they were some of the first people who well let's just say Jeff had a lot of very close friends when I mean he still he still does but when we first met each other I was like really really struck by how closely held Jeff kept his friends like especially friends who he he'd had for his entire life um and Randy and Mikey were some of the first people who it was made very clear to me that like these are friends who are almost like family or who are family. So building my relationship with Randy and Mikey has been amazing. And then I'm totally obsessed with Drew <laughs> and especially her dinosaur dress. Uh, and yeah. We also are godparents of Groot. We yes. have to remember Y'all that. Y'all are. Because yeah, no one else wanted be to be. really upset because Groot was like, I was here first. Yeah, Groot was that's, here first. That's true. Yes. Y'all are also godparents of Drew and Groot. Right. And then also, I, like Randy, am a writer and have always loved talking to her about that. And so I work as a, a writer and editor at a magazine here in Atlanta. Yeah. And Mikey and I are both in tech, so that makes sense. But I also write, too, so I'm a weirdo. You are. <laughs> Thank, y'all Thank y'all so, y'all much. so much. So, 
we we've kind of like adopted this from raising rebels uh nolika does a recollection with her guests and so we want us to do a recollection and everyone will go we'll go jeff logan me mike and basically the question is when was a time in your childhood when you were afraid it doesn't have to be the first time it could be the most pivotal time or just a time that first comes to mind but when was a time in your childhood when you were afraid go ahead jeff I would honestly have to say that the first time that I was really, really afraid was when I knew that me and my dad wouldn't necessarily mix because of my orientation and how I maneuvered myself in the world. And, you know, I had to face that fear. You know, all the worst things happen. And I think... You know, now in my adulthood, it's a little different. Like I kind of, yeah, it's something that still is present, I would say. But yeah, that was something that very much I was afraid of. It's an interesting thing to relearn how to, as a black man, to relove black men after the first one that was quote unquote supposed to be that person, like wasn't that person, you know, could meet certain things and did the best that he could because again, mental illness and lots of things are really prevalent, you know, even, you know, myself working through those things myself. But yeah, it's just kind of knowing our similarities and like what could happen if I didn't do the things that I needed to do. So I would say that that would be my like afraidness thing that I, yeah, just around what age would you say that was? That was probably seven or eight. Mm. That's a really early time to have to. No fear. Be brave, no fear. You yeah. know, just well, and it, usually whenever we ask re- about recollections, thank you, Jeff. We we somehow seem to stumble on the fact that it happened when we were like seven or eight. Those seem to be like our earliest memories of like real shit. So thank you for that. Thank you. Logan? Yeah, I mean, I think like Jeff, the the fear that like comes to my mind most immediately is it's not fear that's necessarily based around an isolated individual incident, but it's more of like a pervasive anxiety, like sort of like, like you were mentioning earlier, like learning that you've made all of these decisions for the past two years based on fear. Like looking back now, I realized that that was sort of just like the ground floor that I was moving from, (laughs) like as a kid. Uh, And similarly to Jeff, I mean, I think even though I definitely didn't have language for it at the time like when i was seven or eight like by that time i did know that there was something different about me that could potentially cause my family to reject me or um for me to sort of be like without a place in the world even though i didn't know at that time that that was like being queer you know i didn't have that language for it um And I would say that as I got older, especially like in middle school and high school, there were like all these things that sort of became proxies for that fear. So I would get really anxious about like individual things. And now looking back, I realize like, oh, that was just all like fear of rejection expressing itself in in multiple ways, you know, with multiple points of focus. But thank you. Yeah. (sighs) Well, I um, for me. I still am having a problem answering this question because there's so many that want to go like <laughs> that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I have so many, but um, well, I think that one of the one of the moments of fear that stand out to me that still impacts me today is 
hearing my parents argue in like a closed room, like when I'm in a closed room and they're like out and again, you know, it wasn't all bad or anything, but when they would fight or argue, it was, it was, um, something I definitely catastrophize because as kids, that's what we do. And we want everybody to get along and be happy. And let's go back to when it was good two, three hours ago. And mm. even now I can't stand to hear like muffled, muffled talking still sets, sets me off, me off. <laughs> it's, i'm just like what what's happening and y'all know that we're here with his mom and we rent out the basement and even upstairs like when there's you can't tell if it's laughter did somebody or, yeah. fall is somebody hitting somebody you know and we run upstairs and they just watching a movie and it's just like i need help <laughs> I need to talk to somebody because that's definitely uh, it, it freaked me out because trauma response right right I, I couldn't you can't control it obviously if you're trying to interrupt a parent's conversation especially when it's an argument first thing they do is tell you to go away you know and so having no control over being able to mediate or to stop it has always um, just been something that's freaked me out which is why I didn't want that in my relationship but we'll get into that I mean, we argue but like I'm hoping that it doesn't set off like a trauma response to Drew, but yeah, that well, that's a moment, just a general arguing, fighting moment. Well, I think I can I can kind of relate to that because, especially like in terms of the muffled, muffled sounds being sort of activating. Like, I think part of what is activating about that is like the the ambiguity and like uncertainty. So it's just like you're unsure if something bad is happening and that lack of certainty is what's so terrifying. But it also, as her immediate response, because she's unsure, the first thing she's thinking that is the bad thing. Yeah. Like, um, immediately. Like, oh, it's it's this thing, so we need to be prepared for this thing, which is why the last and time... the anxiety will take you there, too. Yeah. yeah. The last time yeah. when it actually was laughter, it was just so... I was like, I was shaking. It was shaking. so sad because... <laughs> I was just because, like, this I mean, is And it's not that that you're crazy it's not that you're crazy at all because literally the last time you heard these sound effects it was not somebody just fighting. In childhood but it was fighting you know it was yeah. arguing so like so like i'm know. up here shaking i ain't got no clothes on i'm like are y'all okay and he's just like yeah we're just watching the movie i got gun in hand <laughs> mikey got a gun in the pocket i'm like get the baby is everyone I know good <laughs> anyway yeah, we're yeah. having like a whole tyler perry moment yeah that is what it looked like um, all right, Michael Short. That, that was a good one, Ren. It it's, wasn't a good one. It's a sad one, but um, it's, that, that makes sense. Can you talk about fear in a positive way? Yeah, no? I think so. Well, uh, I spent all my childhood being afraid. So <laughs> if I really think about a specific instance, uh, one that came to mind was when we first moved to East Lake. Um, we moved to East Lake from Scottsdale, so I'm from Oak Forest originally. And to go from government housing to this like really at this point and this was like the fanciest shit ever um that i've ever experienced in life uh especially coming from what we come from uh and i had my own room and while i was extremely happy to have my own space to have something that belonged to me and my mom you know swore up and down like you know this is where we living from now on we are not you know leaving this area this room is yours you can do with it what you want uh we didn't have furniture when we first moved in. So the first night when she was showing us the apartment, cause she was extremely proud of it. I was just, I went in my room. We ate dinner on the floor in the living room space because we didn't have furniture yet. Uh, and then after dinner, she was like, y'all can hang out for a little bit before we go back to our old apartment. Um, because that's where all our stuff was. And I just remember going in a room for a minute and I just started crying 
because I just knew I wasn't going to have this shit for long. I was just like, somebody's going to come take this. I've just, not, I'm not really good at enjoying shit that I get. That's like a gift or something that's like positive because I just know I, I, there's nothing you can tell me. I know that at some point it's going to be taken away um, in some form or fashion. And it could just be because as a kid, I was starting to always have the little shit that I had <laughs> being taken away. But it, it was uh, that just kind of stuck with me. It's kind of stuck with me. Like moving on to college, I got a PlayStation from my aunt as a gift. And while I was really excited to have it, I wouldn't open it for like a week. Because I thought maybe somebody was gonna take it back, so I dead ass just slept with the box next to my dorm bed. Like, just I'm, I'm, I struggle with like just receiving shit uh, and gifts and things in general, just because I just don't think I'm supposed to like have nice things, maybe. Which kind of speaks to our Lots relationship and <laughs> other so. things. But I'm trying to enjoy life and actually appreciate shit while I have it, even if it is going to be taken away from me tragically, uh, whether it's immediate or through old age. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still working on it, but that was that, that's one of the first things I could think of. So I can't enjoy shit. Well, thank you, Mike. Yeah. I know it's a lot. You're working on it. You can enjoy I it. Am. It just it doesn't come naturally to you. It don't. And that's okay. Yeah. It's something for me, and Logan's learned this too. Like, I don't take death really easy. Like, I'm a hot mess. Yeah. You know, grieving is something that I, like, have learned that I have to do or it, like, will turn into a stroke later. Um, so I definitely, that resonates with what you said. Um that was definitely some stuff. I think when we started dating, I had to like uh, do a lot of trauma work around given the origin stuff. So I feel that. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Um, speaking of dating, tell us. Ooh, transition queen. You see that? You see that? I like how you did you that. see that? I like I how you that. that. was nice. Thank you. Go ahead. Do you think? Tell us your love story um, mm. together if you can. So, Jeff, you start because you won the rock, paper, scissors. And, like, y'all just go off of each other because we're really inter- interested to see <laughs> what I want, you remember. I, I don't know how y'all met. So I would love to hear the story of what led to y'all becoming a couple. Right. So, yes. Word. So. Yeah, let me just tell you, it's not surprising. Oh, so. <laughs> I bet you Jeff was we, the nigga, like, did the nigga shit. And, like, set it up. Hey. Hey, now. Um, so I moved back from Providence, Rhode Island. Um, Logan and I meet on Tinder first and, you know, we were talking about books and shit because Logan and I, I'm like, oh word, that's what you're reading? Bet, you know. Well, Jeff had a profile. Um, I don't know if this is a thing for straight people, but like, (laughs) uh, Jeff had a profile where he had all the different flags representing the different languages that he spoke. Of course he did. So, and then he also had... In his Tinder pictures, he had this photo of him, uh, like, wearing a suit, stand- a standing at a lectern. <laughs> and I was like, this guy looks kind of arrogant, but, like, in a hot way. <laughs> so I'm gonna... <laughs> so I'm gonna... I'm gonna look into this. Yeah. So, after he looked into it, he ghosted me. Well, I think it's important to note that this this fall, the fall when that happened... This is in the summer. I'm talking about July before that. Okay, go ahead. Right. So, I was freelancing in my life and coming back to Atlanta because I hadn't been my full non I I hadn't been my full non-hetero self in Atlanta due to trauma, okay? And I came back, you know. Um I ended up at the time before Logan, I was dating a uh, a friend of mine for a while named 
Wait, you're just dropping names? We can bleep, we can bleep it. We'll bleep it out. We'll bleep it out. Oh, yeah. Even when, yeah, bleep it out. What the we're fuck? Like, whatever. Bro. You're just out here doxing people. <laughs> yeah, we were dating. King and them, look. King and them, no. All this shit. That was a bleep. We're not. We're going to take it out. Don't worry. Just bleep. We're, like, not going to say where we work, but we're just going to name <laughs> our exes. Girl. Listen. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What was I saying before? You were talking it was about July. your life. He goes to Atlanta. You. I did not say being a hoe in Atlanta. I said I haven't been a chair. That's not how you delicately worded it, Jeffrey. Listen, but that is whatever. What you said. Always like we talk about this in our relationship. Same, same. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but at this time I was not a hoe because my girlfriend was very, very religious at the time, and she really tried to make our relationship into the religion. Um, and for me being who I was, I was like, Hey, like I'm down to like try Christianity again, but we need to really talk about why as a feminist, do I have to say God, our father, like what would the religion be if it wasn't centered around a man? And like, she was also from Nigeria. So I was like, okay, like you also have a different relationship to blackness than I do. So like what happened before, like what is spirituality before those things? And it like made our, it was interesting. Like, I think it was cool. I really... You know, when we broke up, I was like, hey, I can't handle this. You can't handle this. You know, I, I was getting in therapy. I hope and pray that sis got some things, too. Um, but, yeah, um, October happened. I came back. I was taking care of my equivalent of grandmother at the time who was in hospice. And this is around the same time. She had passed away, but this is around the same time Logan's uh, grandfather passed away. So, like, we reconnected again. But death happened and, you know, I was really in a relationship and trying to do it right despite the mental health things that we both really weren't supporting each other with in that relationship. Um, Because, you know, once you go through trauma stuff, you just beget more trauma if you don't learn how to readjust that behavior, in my opinion. Basically, we were both mourning. That was my point. Yeah, we were both mourning. So, um, (laughs) sorry, you know, y'all edit whatever you need to. But when we got to January, we met again on the internet. Met on Grinder this time, not Tinder. This is, a, this is a millennial relationship. A little more. That's why I said it's not surprising. <laughs> yeah, then we met on Grinder, and I was like, "Oh, like I feel like I talked to you." So this is like a month after. I was like, "Okay, bet." You know, Honor Code was Honor Code was really. We were about to get our first clients in New Orleans, so we were getting ready to do work there. I was getting ready to go to California for a month. I met this guy, and for me, again, ho is life. I was like, I just got out of this relationship, you know, friends with benefits. That's what I was looking forward to. I think he was, too. He's going to get to his side. I'm going to stop because I want to get to the part when I walked in and the food was present. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I had just started a new... This was, like, very early 2016, I guess, and I had just started a new job, um, and I was sort of coming out of a string of like post-college like situationships and was sort of like I want to still like get mine but I'm also not trying to be like tied down right now I have this new job so like like Jeff said I think I came into it thinking this was going to be a mostly like friends with benefits situation which in some ways is I actually think one of the secrets to why it worked because previously I had always entered relationships so seriously and like so dead serious that i think taking this a little more lightly like allowed me to be comfortable being myself you know so i was so i was like 
instead of trying to be the person that I thought Jeff wanted me to be, I was remarkably direct, I think, like when we <laughs> first started talking. No, no. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> and so, I mean, I guess just to sort of get to a point where our, our, our timelines meet, uh, we reconnected on Grinder, and I think originally the idea was that we were going to go on a date on a Thursday later that week. But then yeah. we hung out on a Sunday eve, and then we couldn't wait till Thursday. He made this dinner thing, and he had these really cute shorts on, and I was like, "Oh shit! Like this is not. I didn't think. I thought that this was gonna be whole life. This is like oh food." Good food. I mean, it was sort of coincidental. I just made I just made dinner, and I was like, "Hey, do you want?" I was like, "Oh shit, this is different. <laughs> <laughs> this is different." And then, like me being the shady, shady guy I am, I see this gay ass Hillary sticker on his fridge, <laughs> and I'm literally eating. Said, this was early 2016. I'm literally eating in this man's house, and I'm like, "Oh, you one of them?" <laughs> As I'm putting. This delicious pastry in my mouth. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm already... Because I was Bernie. I still voted Bernie. You know, Hillary's... And her husband did some things to the community that I had to fight my, like, ops of things against. And I was like, but wait, there's more. Um, And so, yeah, we had a full three-hour discussion about Bernie and motherfucking Hillary's politics and the history of that bullshit. Wait, 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 real quick. So y'all first date, y'all talked about politics. Politics. Of course y'all did. Yeah. yeah. Of course y'all did. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go. And it was lit. And, and actually kind of like disagreed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, bet. I see this. Um, and but then we also fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and the thing about it was Logan was being so shy and me. I was like, well, this is happening. I just love anticipation. I was like, I know what's happening. Um, the other thing about it was, too, that Eve, we kind of talked about some of our relationship trauma, and it was like, it was different than when other people, because at the time, I was dating four other people and seeing Logan, and none of them were up to snuff. So, you know, date, dinner, motherfucking stimulating dialogue. I got, I had, I got, I got a chance to stay over. He had to wake up at like five in the morning. This new bakery job. I was like, oh, shit. I didn't really have a job at the time because I was starting my company. I was like, damn, I got a sugar daddy. Oh, <laughs> So after we met that first. Yo. After we met that first night, uh, we continued for the next like seven days to see each other every day. I never did this in my whole life. The gays became like lesbians. Like this is where you hear is like a quintessential lesbian love is like where you meet and then like move in together immediately. We kind of did that. But then I went to California for three weeks. Yeah, so we spent every day together for seven days after meeting. And then he goes to California for two weeks. Oh, and we both said we loved each other in the first week, by the way. Well, yeah, so as I'm dropping Jeff off at his house, so for him to... For him to go, for him Bruh. to, for him to go to California as he's getting out of my car, he's like, I love you. Oh. And I had to say it back Daps. because I couldn't like leave him hanging there. <laughs> but then, because this is Logan. Because it was me and because I was trying to protect myself. Look, just because we said that, like, you're going to California, that don't mean nothing. Me, I was in here. I'm like, whoa, like, I understand Trying Again. to be, trying to protect myself. And Again, I was like, I was like, it was on the Savage remix. She said, <laughs> on Demon Time, she might start an OnlyFans. Beyonce, like my friend Cecily has said before, 
hoe is life. If Beyonce can say that, listen, I'm sorry. Logan said no. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, so. So let me just, so, to, just to clarify. First date, you discussed three of the topics that you're not supposed to discuss on the first date, right. including politics. Um, did religion come up at all, just out of curiosity? Oh, sure. oh yeah. Okay, sure. okay, so yeah, they hit on the, the major ones. Uh, yeah. Had sex well, for the first he was time. So recently, he was so recently traumatized by his religious girlfriend. Gotcha. Right. I, I remember. That. Okay. So again, remember. So you discussed trauma. Also, I remember. You all brought up your individual traumas. Again, first date. Uh, had sex and fell in love within the course of seven, seven days. days. Oh, and Jeff also cried that first <laughs> night. It wasn't the first night. <laughs> the morning after. It was not the morning. It was, you said some shit and it hit me in my heart. <laughs> and um you know it hit me in my heart oh man you know he said you are deserving of love and again ho you is are. like I, have been, I literally have been out here with these scrubs this is why i'm I'm so confused jeffrey this you. is not who also, i know it wasn't all. just hold up it wasn't just me crying um listen i'm not gonna talk dirty on the podcast there were some other things that just popped off and i was like oh bet this is it <laughs> this is it son this is it physically i personally as a person who's had more than one sexual partner i i just knew who i was with i was like oh shit the dialogue the physical stuff the depth um i can relate to that um the food food. right again my company hadn't popped off yet (laughs) i was like i have a sugar daddy this is literally I didn't even ask for this. I didn't go to school for this. And then it popped off. I was like, oh, shit. Well, we're happy it popped off because we love you both. And Logan just brings something special. He brings something special to the family. Root Insurance is all about you and how you drive. In fact, that's the number one factor we use to give you a better price, which puts you in control. Just download the Root app, hit the road, and we'll take care of the rest. The app measures your driving behavior and gives you a custom rate based primarily on your driving. The better you drive, the better your rate. It's car insurance made for you. Visit joinroot.com today to get started. Disclaimers may apply. See joinroot.com for details. (laughs) So when did y'all get married? April 7th, 2019. Yes, we were a lot of people were there. We were there five weeks postpartum. Mm-hmm. Crazy, but happy to be there. Crazy and, day and Eve for us too. Yeah. 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 And we're gonna get into that. So what's an instance in your marriage where you've had to be brave? We want each of you to give us a one, one, thing, thing, each. one thing each. So Logan, you go first, since Jeff was the last one to speak. An instance where I've had to be brave yeah. in our marriage. Yes. So you guys have officially been married for a, a year, year now, and a little over a year. A little yeah. over a year. I mean, there are a lot of good instances, um, and I really like the idea of framing it around like this idea of bravery because so often it's easy to view it as like this was challenging, but it's also possible to be like no this was a time that i could like step up to the plate mm-hmm. um i don't know i mean i i don't mean to i'm not trying to like be sensational or political or anything but i do think that it has required bravery and like just learning 
my lane sometimes uh, when it comes to like navigating being a white person in a relationship with a black person. Um, and I think that that has been something that, you know, has like always been present in our relationship, obviously, and like navigating that dynamic. And, you know, since like, I mean, some of the very first sort of significant arguments we had were basically because I was just being like a little kind of snide asshole and like not really thinking about how my whiteness also amplified that in a certain way to Jeff. Um, but even up through like, you know, the events of the summer and uh, the sort of much more sort of publicly mainstream conversation about race in America. Um, it's, it's been one of the things that I think I, I knew from my childhood and from growing up that like, it was very important for me to, to build a life that was not centered around sort of homogenous white culture, because I found that stifling and violent too, in its own way for me as a queer person. Um, and I'm not saying that I necessarily like went out with the intention of ending up in an interracial relationship, even though that doesn't particularly surprise me necessarily given like my romantic history, but I don't know. It's been, it's been something that like, I, I know, and I never think necessarily that it's going to be a process that is over, but it just like it. And I, I'm really not trying to like, in some ways, race and like racial dynamics like sounds like such a specific particular thing but it really just touches everything like communication trust like the way we talk about money the way we divide labor in the house the way we like contemplate having children um so it's something that yeah i'm always learning about and like always thankful that i have this opportunity to like integrate that into my life on a very like personal intimate level and that it's not just like a sociological abstract thing for me, because I feel like it is that way for many white people, even when they're very well-intentioned. <laughs> wow. That was, that was such a beautiful a answer. Different things to hit on first. I, I don't, I don't, I, yeah. today. I am not going to cry today, Logan. I rebuke you. Logan, your <laughs> experience in your life is not a political statement, my guy. Like I, no, I know no, that it's... you felt the need to like bring that. It, it is simply your lived experience. Um, so and your marriage you, like, that's your marriage that's your relationship so we completely get that and you would have to be 100 percent brave to to enter into a, a life bond um with a black man just period um that is that is a that is a difficult thing but then if you add to the fact that that person is jeff it's also like <laughs> we're not about to do jeff we're no, not about to it's do it's not him. because jeff is like the worst person ever it's just that <laughs> jeff is also just extremely the fuck aware of like everything yeah. himself and mm -hmm. once he like grew up it changed even more so like being with somebody who was extremely aware of themselves and they black as fuck and you white as fuck gotta be difficult as fuck like it's just like when you just just thinking about it from that perspective that's why i married black i love y'all <laughs> but i couldn't do it i could <laughs> i love y'all y'all teaching us so much man <sighs> jeff so thank you logan. thank you logan i i don't know i and say the question one more time. What's an instance in your marriage where you had to be brave? I think for me, being a black queer person with a disability that is really figuring out themselves in an art world, 
learning from people who've done it the right way, but also being in a pretty much like a really capitalistic place and, you know, making sure that we're able to build a family while also like scrapping all of those identities away and trying to figure out who I am has been really um, hard. Uh, I think for me, and just to kind of connect off of what Logan brought up, um, quite often being a Black, non-hetero person in the South, you know, you deal with racism, so you can't really, first of all, like, you can't trust in whiteness to save you. Like, that's never going to happen. And, you know, even with, you know, it's just things to think about. Then you have the Black community, which... You know, 20% of them are decent when it comes down to understanding and being allies and accomplices to queer and trans people. The other 80 is doing shit like saying, like, he, she, this, and the fags, this, and, like, not really, you know, are kicking their kids out. And that's all tied to a little bit of self-hatred that comes along with the black male cisgendered experience, just speaking from it on a personal level. Then you have to, like deconstruct how as a black man you know you're taught to hate women and Mm -hmm. you know you're also taught to hate yourself you're taught to hate women you have this disability you have this thing that you want to do you're really smart and you have to like figure out appropriate techniques in order to just like manifest and like be you and it's not always easy so I, and also just kind of chiming in on what Mikey said too, like I am a person where I'm like, you know, I will, I can hold space for people who don't want to understand to fund the police, but that's something I want to talk about. Um, I want to talk about increasing BIPOC representation in corporations and nonprofits. Like it's doable. Like what does it look to have community stewardship? What does it look to have mutual aid? I think that being a black queer person which is something my husband doesn't understand often like it's really hard not to be politicized when you don't really have a community and you have to like stand up for yourself in things you know because I can only speak from my life when I I explain my experiences those are the only things that are authentic and yeah it's been really hard being a person with like a mental illness and all of this stuff happening from whiteness And then being with a white person who is also, like, understanding and deconstructing what white fragility is and, like, having to hold space for that because we're married. I think that, you know, even in a hetero couple, you would have to do that same thing when topics of sexism and, like, misogyny and all these other different things or division of labor in the house. Um, I think also something that makes it really complicated in our relationship, too. Like, we are in a mixed-income relationship. Like, Logan will never... I will always be a person that's able to, like be in those types of positions in corporate or in leadership to where like certain things can be boatloaded. So even as a black person, as a person who looks at things in an anti-capitalist way, there are some people in our community that would be like, oh, you ain't make the same amount as me. Like what we doing? You know, very rooted in brainwashed and a lot of different things. And I think one of the things that I've always appreciated is like when we say that we're in a queer marriage, we're in a queer relationship. For me, being queer is a political thing. I can't separate it from blackness and all that stuff for me. And having to unlearn, like, how much power do you have as a monogamous couple or a monogamous presenting couple? What does it look like to be married to your friends? Like, do you still develop those relationships or what is family? Because we, 
you know, we had biological family, but we had to really build our community with folks like yourselves. And what does it mean to show up in that way when there's no blood relationship whatsoever, but the love is still there. So I think that one of the things I feel like I've been brave with in my marriage is just kind of the nuance that it's presented itself, given its current circumstances, because the love and like is still there. And to have that joy, even amidst all of this stuff, is like a gift in its own notion, in my opinion. Yeah, it is a gift. Thank y'all. I didn't expect to like... I mean, we we always like cry when we're together, so you know, never mind. <laughs> that was beautiful, um, and also very true. And like you mentioned, it's not that I y'all haven't mentioned, this, but I did. It's not that I I couldn't have married someone white. I just think I would have been very afraid for the reasons you both have stated. And I think that it takes it definitely takes a level of bravery and just and and transparency and vulnerability. But we're finding like with us that we've had to have real conversations lately and consistently about the power that Mike has as a black man, as a cis hetero black man and like, and how, and, and us together and just how do we treat each other? And also me having to like recognize my anti-blackness when it concerns cis hetero black men, like believing that, believing that they might not be as good as I say that they are, or they might, like believing having this fear in black men that I do think is anti-black and not like it's like not like giving the space to show grace or to like to love in a way that's not that's like gonna obviously like hold us both accountable and like not silence me but also to love in a way that is gracious and so and realizing that we both have a lot to unlearn and unpack as black people and as cis hetero black people in a marriage because our marriage does not look like a lot of marriages that we know, at least those those who are older than us. And so these are definitely conversations that we're having, but, you know, obviously on a diff- in a different way. But I think the the effect and like the impact and the emotion that it takes and the bravery that it takes is is very similar. Mm-hmm. OK, so next question we have is um, what have you had to sacrifice for your marriage? Yeah, so we want uh, one thing each, uh, as specific as you can, uh, something that you can recollect, like, that was that was difficult for you to have to give up in order to make it work, whether that's something internal, a feeling, pride, a person, a, person, so. a place, a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. If do you Can you think of anything that, like, offhand right now that you could pull from and something that you had to sacrifice? Something that I wanted? Like, something, are we saying, like, things that I didn't want to give up or things that were hard to give Either. up? Either. Things that I just realized I had to let go of mm-hmm. for my marriage. That's deep. I think I had to sacrifice or I had to like give up, I guess, control. And I really uh, am not good at that. You guess. I'm, I'm still not <laughs> giving it up in a way that, but I've had to, I've had to sacrifice control. Like I write scripts in my head. Friend, I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree with you, Randy. I'm going to agree with you on that. I have learned in my marriage and in my whole ass, black ass life now. You can't make nobody do shit. Yeah. You don't control nobody. A damn thing. You don't control nobody. And I've never felt, I want to say this, I've never felt like I had to control people, but as a person who like gets put in leadership roles and or seeks those roles and or is always just trying to like do more things, um, yeah, like 
I've never, it was nice to have a script and have a plan, but I don't have one now. Like, I think that's the control part that I've had to give up. I used to have a five-year plan, three-year plan, 12-month plan. Yeah. It was how I managed my anxiety. And then, like, you know, when I actively started dealing with my depression and, you know, X, Y, and Z, I was like, oh. Not that it doesn't, like, it's not that it doesn't matter, but it don't matter. It don't matter. Like, literally, it don't matter. You know, just state what you can and, you know, it'll happen. Some right. negotiation of way of it. And that's what I realized. And the four years we've been married is that I can't control how you react to certain things I didn't expect you to react to or like what you, you find. Like we just literally about only night. have control of self. And we both have different triggers. So like he'll be way off the chart and I'll be like, what's wrong with you? But he's been triggered and I didn't realize. And so like I'm realizing that like I had to like I have to really for us to be good. I had to let it go. But did you want to answer there, before? I No, I really oh, okay. just wanted you to share your thing. Um, no, okay. I, I, I think of something, uh, something that Wait. I had to sacrifice for our marriage. I would have to say just a, just a lot of ignorance. Randy, again, is a researcher. She's somebody who's just extremely aware of herself, which means I had to kind of be the same. Like I can't walk around in the world no more acting like I don't know shit as, as, as happy as that would have made me to do. I can't just walk around just like in my own world because I don't maneuver or live in my own world. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was my thing. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I'm trying to find the best word to describe it. I think partially what I want to say is like independence mm. or mm-hmm. uh, self-determination. <laughs> like I'm a very individual person and I'm not very hesitant about expressing a contrarian view, like often to my detriment. Um, <laughs> and in I marriage, think- that'll get you killed. <laughs> just in in my temperament in general but also sort of as a response to the trauma of like constantly fearing rejection i very much navigated the world in this sense of like as long as i survive as an individual and like pursue my own uh you know pleasure and enlightenment and like growth like that's good that's all i like need to be happy and that's just not sufficient when when you're in a marriage and you're anymore. not a virgo like, you really are you do... no i'm a sagittarius which is where the the independence you both are capricorn rising and lunar Taurus. <laughs> and it but it even comes down to like very basic things like sometimes sometimes like i just want to be like can you leave me the fuck alone like i just want some alone time like where i don't have to hear your music or your podcast or like answer your question and it's not that i don't it's not that i don't love jeff but it's just like that personal space is something that means so much to me and i I like live so much in that like interior world that when I feel like I don't have the space for it, it makes me crazy. And I think that that has been especially challenged during quarantine because I'm not getting the like eight to 10 hours a day at the office in my own little bubble that I was. Um, so yeah, and it's not a, it's actually not a bad thing because like in a lot of ways I've learned how that independence was really a kind of, coping mechanism to feeling like i was alone so Mm. it's like kind of beautiful to let go of it but at the same time i'm just like god damn it can you put on headphones when you're listening (laughs) (laughs) thank y'all 
for context, Jeff is an East Atlanta nigga, so we don't know how to. He don't. To music Mike, I have to come out. I'm like, can you turn the shit down? We have a child. If she wakes up, that's on you. Man. I'm not like turn your shit down. Whenever Drew stays with us, she's gonna come back knowing like all the city girl tracks and <laughs> all of the Megan The Stallion. We play Gangsta Boo in the house. We play. We just you know. We oh, she's been exposed already. Yeah. You know, we own one. We gonna have no, some choreo. We're going to be doing the TikToks. We'll all have a joint TikTok. Oh, no. We'll support Drew. He said the TikToks. Well, that's if Trump doesn't ban it. Isn't that what he's trying to do? He's trying to ban TikTok? No. He's this so fucking wild. Are we not about to he's sully? Of the Chinese nah, virus. Uh... Let's not diverge. <laughs> Hell no. Um, this podcast will go real dark. No, it really will. <laughs> no, no. We want to stay on the positive. Do y'all have vibe. any questions for us that you would like oh, us yeah. to answer? What's the question? Um, <laughs> we have two questions, actually. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, the first question was about how being a dog parent to Groot prepared you for being a parent to Drew. And we'll stop there. Well, and I just want to say, not that we want to, like, compare them because they're obviously very different different creatures, but more, like, how did it teach you and, like, give you a space to practice for cooperation and like teamwork and trust between the two of you as like two people trying to take care of something and like because we got two of them y'all and they kind of got into a little argument and they were mad at each other for like five hours and it was real raggedy they tore up each other's pillows oh no and it's just i don't think i was familiar before with like this feeling of like really loving a creature but also like being like Oh my God, you're so impossible. Yeah, that's yeah, a good we question. Can, we, we can speak to that. I mean, in a lot and again, of ways, this is, this is not to compare. Yeah, having a child, but to, these are dog, two but... living things with souls mm-hmm. that we are responsible for, um, or that we've taken responsibility for. So in that way, they are very similar. So, I mean, for me, I feel like when it concerns like trust and taking care of things, maybe it just showed me that because when we got Groot, Mike was like, no matter what happens, we're never giving this dog up. So and because of that, actually, I, I did <laughs> I did walk into it because I was thinking of like, what is it going to look like when this family grows? So I wasn't thinking like this is this is practice for a kid necessarily, but like this is me trying to figure out who you are when it comes to like when longevity. No like somebody has, you have to stay. And, and so when yeah. when Brandy and I talked about what it was like to have kids, we wanted to be those parents that were active in our kids' lives, that are like around, aware of who our children are, supportive, all the healthy things that we didn't necessarily have ourselves that we wanted to, you know, be for our child. So in a way, you know, it was kind of yeah. like practice in that sense. So yeah. we, we had to start off on the right foot. Like, so when we talk about our marriage, we immediately bring up like, there's no divorce here. We don't even play about like, it. no abuse and mm-hmm. it's not unhealthy, you know, but that's not the, the time that we on. Uh, so whatever it is that we're dealing with, we deal with as a unit and we work through. So I, that same attitude with the, with Groot was like, no matter what shit, we're going to have to keep this dog. So and we have to do it right. Family. And so that yeah. means, you know, dogs live a long time. So especially, like, <laughs> and especially the two breeds. <laughs> right. That our dog He's a pit is. in the lab. So he's going to live forever. And so there are lots of times when we had Groot, as y'all know, I was like, we can give him up. Like we Randy can put was, him outside. I, I was very shocked because Groot was I loved, I grew up with dogs. A birthday so, present to yeah. Randy. But there were some times, I mean, y'all remember when Groot was a puppy and it was just really hard. But so that really showed me that Mikey's really serious about like. We're going through this shit with Rose right now. She's yeah. a thoroughbred blue pit. And I'm like, girl. Right. But if you get over that hump, I feel like we've definitely gained Groot's respect. Mm-hmm. And 
he's gained our respect and, and he's a great and, dog yeah. you know and you see how he is with drew and every and every other animal he comes in contact and with people, and so because again how we raised him yeah how we treated he him. was socialized so i think that that definitely showed me that like mike is really so like when it comes to parenting he would be like no matter what Drew has my unconditional love and devotion and dedication. And so, and I saw that if you could at least do that to a dog, and I've Who always just told fucked Mike. fucked up my favorite pair of shoes. I just, and Mike actually just, just said this. He just chewed my favorite, but not still, just gotta, now, gotta but love like, him. You know, like, not was, just now, but when he was a puppy. Yeah. And like, trying to figure out how, you, how do you react when you don't want to react in anger and it is somebody or something that, that you, you love. love. And you don't want to be a person who that's just beating dogs. You could just beat like, the dog. Like that's a, that's a way to go. You don't want to just beat the dog. There are no lessons in that. This dog is obviously smart. Like how can, how do you approach it? So in that way, it was absolutely like it was very hard. Yeah. But I told Mike I I could always tell how a man would be to in my opinion of, of when in how he treated dogs or animals like based off how you treat and how he treat, people yeah. who are helpless essentially. Yeah. And so he's really good to to Groot and. And I knew he'd be good with Drew. And so that, so that like trained me in that with, with trust. But outside of that, y'all, nothing much because now that Drew's a toddler, I see that dogs are nothing but toddlers that won't age. <laughs> and so it doesn't really help me because they don't cook for themselves. Drew at some can, point. I can send him to his kennel. I can make him lay down. I tell him to sit. He don't move till it's time to move. And Drew is like, I don't give a fuck about none, none of this. Of I'm, about to, <laughs> I'm about to do whatever I want. Da, 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 da. you know like it's very <laughs> they didn't really <laughs> why you give her this voice that is drew's <laughs> voice in randy's head that is how she da, is da, 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 da. <laughs> well no she actually Man. said that verbatim she was like, da, 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 da. <laughs> i was just like so other than that it has a, and the well, dog it, it also pre- did teach us how to how to work together in that sense like how we would maneuver as a unit whenever there's something wrong with our dog so for a while groot was you know at our at our apartment we had a one-bedroom apartment groot was in the kitchen and he had like a fence and so we had cameras on him and we could just kind of see shit happening that and we probably should have shouldn't have done that at all but I remember, not, yeah, we had to learn him yeah there was a day where i was at work or i had like or i was supposed to drop groot off at randy's dad's or something of that nature and i had to go like pick him up so i had to leave work like while i was on the clock to go do something with groot and then i came back and my manager was there for like a pop-up like surprise <laughs> check-in and it wasn't that like it, it wasn't anything bad it was just like i had to do it very quickly because the school was down the street from randy's dad's house but we you know you, the the shit sometimes you just got to do what you got to do for your child like it just is what it is that like damn the world i'm gonna have to do what i have to do uh, this is disgusting you just threw up all over this carpet but we can't leave it here Gotta so like it really it. helped yeah. us figure out that like, we just gonna be we're gonna do the dirty grunt work and the playful thing and, and i am at your uh I'm at, I'm at the will of whatever it is you, you need or have to do, which is essentially what parenthood is, because it don't really matter how I feel. Um, I don't. It is what Drew tells me I am allowed to feel. To feel right. At <laughs> <this laughs> moment. So. And honestly, right. I like it that way. Okay. Oh, did y'all have any? Oh, oh the second one. There's one more question. Do you want to ask it? Yeah, I'll ask this one. So, the final question is... How does your personal sexual liberation slash self-care practices slash erotic relationships with yourself impact your marriage? That's deep. Heavily. (laughs) Do you want to go first, Mike? No. What? Oh, you want me to go first? I can go first. So prior to my relationship with Randy, you know, and some of our listeners know that I was a, what is, you know, commonly referred to as a sexual deviant. I was active in these streets and i was a little reckless at times 
because I was missing that like self-care component. I did not give a fuck. I was just trying to fuck. And that was just the energy that I was carrying around. But when it comes to actually caring for somebody who I've decided to be with forever, that energy shifted, which had a couple of effects on our relationship. That means that now all of my everything is targeted at one person, which can be a lot for one person to deal with because the energy (laughs) that I was describing that I have is a lot. Like for real, for like I I I know that I can be a lot. I okay, know I just want you to know that you know that you know that sexually, that's how that's how I feel. But okay. I felt like entering into this relationship with you originally. I felt like she could handle it, but that was because who ah! we were. No, 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 no hear me. Out. <laughs> that was because of who we were I'm when we were dead. dating. When you're dating, that's the highlight reel. You know, yeah. that like before marriage, it, it's it's one way. So like you were saying, like how Logan was when y'all first started was different than when y'all got to you know when y'all got to know yeah. each other, and then how Logan knew you when y'all first started was different. Once you got to see the other sides or the deeper parts of Jeff. So it wasn't until we realized, oh, shit, when we're together all the time, you still want sex. And Randy was confused by that. She was like, you still want to you want to have sex right now all the time. <laughs> Randy just thought because, again, we were like visiting each other on campuses or we were, you know, we were, we were seeing each other intermittently. Like we knew when we got together what it was going to be. And so I was thinking, you knew in the morning when you woke up that today that same energy is going to apply like at some point or all points during the day. Cause that's just that's how I I am. I really last night <laughs> would be a perfect example hey. of this. I'm not gonna get into it, but that that same energy is yeah. that is me. And so you just kind of have to figure out. And I had to do a lot of thinking myself to make sure that like to to just try to I don't know how to word this. I had to just kind of gather myself to just recognize that I wasn't damaged. Like we are just we are just we're compatible in some ways. In some ways things need to be worked on or tweaked. Like I will have to understand that this woman don't want to be penetrated five times a day. Well, that's not always true. Exactly. Yeah. So like, like consistency. Like the, exactly. Like I, I have to be able to work with where she is. There are some days where she would be feeling it and some days where she's not. Whereas I would like, that's the dream of everyday <laughs> life. But you know, like, so having to come together and figure that out was different the the good thing was is randy was like open to whatever like right like fine girl <laughs> wait, what shit what happened i'm listening to this and i'm like you know i have a high sex drive maybe two three times a week you said five a day the two three okay. times a week that's not high it's how when you have a toddler whenever we do that no, no, we have a that's what you're allowed to get off that's high when you have a child but that's the like that's the target still yeah no bro like two times two to three times a week is goals it's, for me for me well, now that we have this child that's goals. it's always but like I'm saying, oh my like, god we did it three times this week <laughs> the minimum in my mind is like two three times a day would be great morning noon and like 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 but see, the food. thing with you is like sex isn't just was... sex isn't just like okay when we have sex it's always evolved involved it's not just like yeah i'm not a, i'm not a real quick he's like let's nigga. do a quickie it's about to be I'm like i'm not fucking always you because i have to go to work and you don't really mean quickie like that's what i mean it's not just like it's not just like sex. You just, you want the whole, you want the appetizer. Yeah, the experience the, of what sex is. Anyway. So, my, I, so, and then again, a part of that being is in previous relationships, if I was just trying to bust and leave, then that's like the relationship that we now have was I'm trying to like get mine and get the fuck out and you would be unsatisfied and unhappy. And that's fine because I had someone else that I could go to afterwards and you would probably call me up later. Like that was kind of the setup. But in a relationship, and especially in the one that I was trying to have with you, I don't want you to be unsatisfied your entire life or for the the duration of your marriage with some nigga who's just like, okay, let me get mine real quick and leave. And I appreciate that. And, and also, it's really fun, like, with you. So, you know, so again, just that. That was, 
Yeah, nah, different <laughs> different sexual backgrounds definitely causes. Well, I mean, for me, and and it's so yeah. weird. It's so interesting how like it's so interesting that we have very like opposite experiences. As y'all know, Mike is my only sexual partner. Like, and I also and take like, that into account in my equation, which which was which was for me very deliberate. Like I knew that I, because of like my childhood experiences with assault and everything, that I didn't want a lot of people. I mean, I thought I would go through a whole phase, and I realized that like I don't really need to. I'm all the whole phase you need. He is, but like I, I for me, my mom was so passionate about us not being teenage parents that she taught us very young about that we had the power to please ourselves like you don't have to go out and find this mm. stuff because Same. you can do it yourself and Same. and, and it could actually like be better and maybe you should just like you know put your shit on incognito and like <laughs> get y'all like she 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 really i so i think that was very radical of her especially and you know just the age of For anybody in, listening but, we're talking about masturbation yeah yeah, and how yeah. both Randy's and I's moms encouraged I mean, that so that we weren't teenage what parents. This question is Same. about. Yeah, way. that's what we were asking. About. I was like, I don't want to say like, how does masturbation affect your marriage? Oh, yeah, so like, yeah, so that's the question. So one, I feel like it gives me the power to when we're having sex to also engage with myself mm-hmm. because. Yes. <laughs> because, but and yes. I realized that like that's that's not the case for a lot of people, which is mm-hmm. kind of sad, but. Because I've already, because I've already had all these years of myself. Why, like, why wouldn't I amplify this or like elevate this? And right. but and then it also comes to, to to like a point where you, Logan, mentioned like just wanting time by yourself. Mike has been built and like has like routined himself into having sex with people, but I'm so used to doing it by myself. I don't always want to do with somebody. Why I can go in this room? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> I know, and, like I got, I got five minutes. Just said, I got, <laughs> it was exact opposite for me. I was, I, you, you kind of were shamed. Be if you think about yeah. masturbating from what I come from. Like you're not getting pussy. Why are you doing this yourself? Was and kinda, he was like, well, why? Yeah. Why fuck them niggas? Because <laughs> I'm queer. It's different. I said fuck them niggas. <laughs> yeah. So it, it really come. It did come up in our marriage. Just like, why didn't you call me in here? And it, I really had to be like, well, I, if I wanted to have sex. I would have asked to have sex. And so I've had to find a balance and I think we've gotten a lot well, better. Yeah. Well, with that like, conversation also, it was like, it was like, well, well, we, you know, we also didn't have sex. So we didn't that, have so that sex. That was another thing. Were, like, so we weren't having sex, but I was like, taking care of myself. So I had to, I had to really figure out like what that was about. And I realized that was also like a trauma response to, right. to like my childhood. Was like I can't engage, I can't like engage with Mike and this doesn't make me dirty or nasty or doesn't make me, you know, um, and not because of anything that I had been told, but just because of how I was made to feel sometimes when I was a kid. And so I realized that like that doesn't have to be my narrative and I can involve him. And for some reason it's like amplified in marriage. It didn't really come up when we were Which part? Uh, uh our sex life. Like it wasn't a problem because we were already we were, long yeah. distance. So it was like, you know when you got together you was fucking. Yeah. So so and having to be put in a space where you are with each other all the time, as y'all know, especially in So quarantine. now you have to have sex conversations which Right. And we nice. never used to talk about <laughs> yeah. sex because there wasn't a question. Yeah. yeah. I hate yeah. that uh, listen, I know that a <laughs> yes. sex conversation is needed. But Logan and I, we realized this yesterday that we're inverse. Like Logan loves talking. Like it's a good, it's it works. Uh-huh. And also like during sex. But like I'm one of those people. I love to feel some stuff. I don't want to talk about. I'm like you should know. Like you know these I things. Why I had we... to ask Mike. Like do, when we were younger, like hello. But you didn't. Like, are you? But, but the <laughs> reason you? for that being was when I would talk 
it would be with people who want me to say wild shit. And I was like, and and so like I understand that that's the relationship that we got. You want me to call you what? All right, so that's on the table. <laughs> you want me to? So this is the type of response, and this is what I'm gonna get. So he didn't know what this. he could say. So I with guess. Randy, what I'm not gonna say is look, motherfucker. Like while I'm like doing, she like I call her all types. Of, I don't know because that's not the energy that we had, and what you can't do Listen, is just you can bring that introduce that shit. Listen, but see, but you, what you can't do is just bring it up. Yeah, you have to talk about like you have to have. Because imagine Logan calling somebody a, a bitch while you doing something, they look Sorry, at you. I'm cursing. Like, right. Somebody he that you've never called that before, his, you know. So he didn't know his. Uh, Yo, limits. same here. His boundary, yeah. What the I had to learn were. to be verbal, and it's cool when you can do it. But like, I swear, because I hadn't been taught, like I had, I had a really healthy sex positive relationship. My mom raised me very well in that way, but. My father, from a masculinity standpoint, like, girl, like, what does sexual liberation look like? Like, I think that that's a whole other broader different discussion from a that standpoint. But, yeah. Um, I forgot my motherfucking thought. Yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to say, like, I can very much relate to what you're describing, Randy. And I do think that it has been... It is weird how it is, like sex becomes like a different thing after marriage yeah. because you almost think of marriage as like this finish line Mm-mm. and it then like not. after that, race. like it's all it's a whole separate like it's just the beginning <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and i think it's been even more like put under a microscope by being in quarantine together mm. and like i think that we've had a lot of really good conversations that have been challenging but also been like really productive i also think too when you bring that up Especially just thinking about how our Pride Month was like a rage month for us because we had to like get the house in order. Um, I do think that being an interracial um, queer couple in the South is a, is challenging. Like we don't have mentors for this. Yeah. yeah. You know, we have peer mentors or, like, or friends. Yeah, like, call our parents and be yeah, like, "What's it like when X Y Z?" You know, like y'all, y'all like. In, in this situation, like, we're being our best example. Yeah. This whole yeah. thing, this whole unlearning thing and quarantine during, like, multiple pandemics, yo, it's very different. So it is. So I hear that, too. That was the that was the point. Thank y'all. Thank you. This was so great. I, um, <laughs> this was so great. That conversation went in a different way. Good questions. It, I mean, yeah. Do we? we I didn't even. We, have, we never talk about like that. We usually talk about. I mean, y- y'all listen to the podcast. It's it's more on like a. Yeah, we need to have a sex maybe, conversation. Maybe I don't. Maybe we haven't gone deeper into. I mean, because <laughs> I mean, our questions were about dogs and masturbation, so you yeah. can tell how our quarantine has <laughs> <Yeah>. been. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Those are your priorities. Listen. <laughs> I mean, honestly, when we're having a baby-free weekend. Those are ours too. Look here. Last night. But, Mikey. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. thank y'all again for coming hey, on. I agree with, with you. Last night was lit. Hey. 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 It was lit. What a do? What a do? What a do? Put the key in. Lock that thing. Didn't it? <laughs> y'all are stupid. Like, y'all, Rose came in and I was like, get out. <laughs> get out. This is why we paid Kia another $50 to so keep the group. I don't have time. You ain't about to mess up my group. No, do not come in here. Liddy, okay. <laughs> I've been praying for that day. That day came through. I was like, Hallelujah, <laughs> Hallelujah, come through, universe. Anyway, thank y'all. We love you, and mm-hmm. this is really great. We can't wait to 
for everyone to hear this and just for y'all to hear this. I love y'all too. And you hear <laughs> it here first. Please bleep out all curse words, anybody's names that I drop. We are not bleeping out curse, bleep curse words. We will bleep we'll out names. the names and the businesses that you mentioned. We will absolutely do that. You said them all. Give Drew a kiss for us. We will yeah. when we see her tomorrow. We will. Love y'all. We love y'all. Thank love you. Y'all too. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Jeff and Logan. That was great. Here go Groot. <laughs> that was really great. Y'all, we hope y'all enjoyed the episode and that you got like a look into what it's like being at their house <laughs> when, when they come over. Yeah. <laughs> Except we weren't eating and Jeff wasn't bullying us to take a hit. Yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, this is going to be the probably the second of our 107 episodes i think that's what it's I'm more than that obviously with like the minis but this is gonna be the second of our 107 that i'm actually gonna like listen back to <laughs> just yes. for just because of the respect of the work that it's gonna take to edit these, <laughs> these all these yeah. people well, i know earlier we said this was another married couple but they are actually our first married couple so, on yeah. the podcast just, so yeah you know. engagement what are ways you have to show up in your marriage what about your partner forces you to be brave? Let us know. Let us know. Shoot, Shoot us, us an email. <laughs> See, we're in sync at blackmillmare at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 770-750-4098. Or hit us up on social media with your thoughts on this podcast. PDA. Want to hear from me? Well, you have cooked every day this week. Yeah. <laughs> Every day. We gotta eat. Because that's just sometimes when it comes to roles and what the other is doing, we just you just stepped up. You cooked and I did what I do, which is largely podcast stuff and drew stuff and hair and you know, work. <laughs> work at night. So thank you for just for doing that. And the food has been good and I really appreciate you. Thank you. Why are you looking at me like that? You no, didn't like I that appreciate PDA? It. You didn't like it? No, I like being enough. thanked for doing stuff. Oh. Uh, well, that was nice. Yeah, thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my PDA. This is going out today, tomorrow, in today. the future. Obviously, we did this in advance because we're <laughs> professionals. So this is going out in a couple of days, right? <laughs> and so by the time people will be hearing this, your birthday will be approaching. Yeah. And I am excited because your birthday is, is a holiday in my mind. I know. It always has been. I celebrate your birthday like people celebrate Christmas because my baby is that important. I'm just looking forward to celebrating your day coming up. So I just wanted to just put it out there that people may be seeing some stuff on social media and shit (laughs) in celebration of my baby. But I am super glad that you are here on this planet still. And I'm looking forward to just continuing to celebrate everything that is you this week. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. I, um, speaking of birthday, when I'm really excited, we will not, but another, like, I felt like that thing was like we should say, yeah, yes. thanks, babe. So wait, are you, what is your, your PDA is? You're excited? Because I love you and I'm really excited about your birthday. We're going to, we're going to celebrate the fuck out of you. This is, this is good. <laughs> your birthday is coming up and it's a really big deal. And I, birthdays are in short fucking demand. Uh, yeah. And at this time yeah. in life. So I'm glad that you, my black wife got to see another one. Thank you. I'm excited. I wasn't excited, but now I am because 
yeah, for a lot of reasons. But speaking of birthdays again, <laughs> we will not be, we will not have an episode on the 24th of August. Because, no episode on Sunday or Monday. Yes, because we're taking a break. Oh, I'm taking a birthday break, okay? A well-deserved birthday I ain't break. working. I'm not doing work work. I'm taking no Thursday and Friday home. off. Ain't no dog My beautiful baby who we love and we love. Brandy, you do not have to qualify. She is not a burden. She is not, but she ain't going to be here. <laughs> she is going to be with her yaya because socialization and family time when you're, where you could get it. Mm-hmm. And, and more importantly, because <laughs> as a married couple, we you got to have sex. Together. You just- <laughs> um, or else you lose each other, you know? As y'all heard yeah. in the episode. But um, <laughs> they are so silly. But yeah, so we won't have an episode on the 24th because I did not want to edit or do anything. Mike didn't want to either. And so we're going to take a break. Yes, but you will all be getting an indie this week. Yeah, That'll you will. hold you over for the weekend. Yeah, you'll get an indie on Thursday, and I'm really excited about that one, too. So anyway, yeah. Thanks, babe. Yeah, this was good. For ad-free, extra, and exclusive content, head over to patreon.com slash Married. The Black Millennial Marriage Podcast is in Domino Sounds Network. Woo! New episodes every Monday and Thursday. We are now still available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and all other major streaming services. Rate us five, five stars. stars if you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to check out our website, www.blackmillennialmarriage.com, and follow us on social media platforms. On Instagram, what are we? Black Millennial Marriage. On, on Facebook. Black Millennial Marriage Podcast. And on Twitter, we are at underscore the Chapmans. Thank you again for listening, y'all. As always, be blessed. Don't settle. Fight clean. Peace. Root Insurance is all about you and how you drive. In fact, that's the number one factor we use to give you a better price, which puts you in control. Just download the Root app, hit the road, and we'll take care of the rest. The app measures your driving behavior and gives you a custom rate based primarily on your driving. The better you drive, the better your rate. It's car insurance made for you. Visit joinroot.com today to get started. Disclaimers may apply. See joinroot.com for details.